Thank you for listening to Flow Working, the entrepreneur's podcast. Make sure you find, follow, and please review us on your favorite podcast platform. I'm your host, Megan Anderson. More people than ever are starting the entrepreneur journey and learning a lot in the process. On this show, I sit down with regular people who are running all types of businesses to discuss the ideas, opportunities, and strategies they're using to build, grow, and thrive as an entrepreneur. In this episode, I sat down with author and love expert Kim Sorrell to discuss love, serving others, and her journey through writing her newest book, Love Is. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and today I'm joined by my guest, Kim Sorrell. Kim is the author of two books, Cry Until You Laugh, about her journey through cancer jungle, uh, through the cancer jungle, and her other book, Love Is, a year-long experiment to discover the true meaning of love. She is an entrepreneur, director of a humanitarian organization, and lover of all people. Kim thinks that her 11 grandchildren are the bomb and will someday solve issues like social injustice, food insecurity, and sock-eating dryers. Kim loves to travel anywhere and meet new people everywhere, and along the way, she is learning to live love. Kim, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. I am also excited to have a conversation with you. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. Yes. So... Exciting that you have two books, but I'm going to start with the 11 grandchildren. Wow. that's <laughs> They probably keep you busy and fill your life with love. So I'm just curious, how many, how many children is that like extended family? That's a lot of grandkids. Yeah, no, I have, I have five kids. Gotcha. And so they, they reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I, I'm the I'm the mother of one, so I'm like, man, eleven grandchildren, that would be a lot. <laughs> well that's it's fun to have large extended families and I'm sure they do fill your life with love. And so let's start with your most recent book because I know you spent I think a year is what you said. Um tell us a little bit about your journey through picking that topic and then choosing to write the book all about, you know, about love. Great. Yes. Um, so a few years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And four months later, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he passed away six weeks later. And I, he was the love of my life. You know, we were going to be the 95 year old couple on the porch on in rockers drinking lemonade someday. Mm-hmm. And so to lose him, I was 47 years old. Mm-hmm. And it just made me question love, the reality of love. And we throw the word around for a lot of different things. Like, by the way, I love black licorice, but uh, it, uh, what is it really? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's no manual. You don't go to the bookstore and there's love for dummies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we learn from our parents, from people around us, and not everything we learn about love is is right. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And so I took this 2000 year old poem that you hear at a lot of weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy and boast, et cetera. And I decided I would take it one word at a time and figure out what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And the majority of the time I was in Haiti Mm -hmm. while I was doing it. And it 
changed my life. It rocked my world. There are so many things about love that I thought were true that aren't and other things I never knew. And uh, so it's, it's universal, right? I mean, it's applicable for business, for your personal life, for your marriage, for parenting, for relationships with your second cousin and your eighth cousin twice removed or whatever, like for everything and everybody. No, I think that is a wonderful place to start in that space of love, because I think you're right that, you know, I will say I love my clients. Well, what does that mean? How does that show up? Or I love myself. Well, how does that show? There's just all different iterations of that word. So let's take that concept of love and then bring it because I know you've been an entrepreneur, just like my audience listening and watching. You've traveled that journey. So talk a little bit about now that you've done this experiment in love, how do you kind of see that showing up in a business? How could we incorporate some of these ideas of love into our actual day to day in our business and our lives? Well, the first one right out of the gate, love is patient. Yeah. I know what patience is. You know what patience is, right? You're not honking when you're stuck in traffic. You're not mad because you're ready to go. They're not ready to go or the project's not done, right? You're showing patience. But love that is patient is so different from that. What I discovered about love that is patient is it's recognizing that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past, and what's in the future is yet to come. And as an entrepreneur, a woman, a mother, a grandmother, everything else, uh, loving that way, um, being totally focused and totally in the moment was pretty darn foreign to me because I thought I was the greatest multitasker on the face of the earth. I could be thinking about the meeting I have later and my grocery list and that I have to pick the kids up and talking to the person in front of me and be fully engaged. But come to find out, I'm not that good. And to be fully engaged, you have to be fully engaged. You have to be completely present in the moment. You have to be right here, right now. This moment's gonna come and go with or without you. And so I found out that unknowingly, I was being short with people at work when I shouldn't be. I was assuming answers instead of waiting and actually listening to words like you know there's things that end up in conflict and confrontations when it could just be a conversation if you actually listen to somebody's words so if you take a minute or like as a mom when they're tugging on you tugging on you tugging on you when you're on the phone you know or whatever sometimes it feels like people can be an interruption mm-hmm. but they're not an interruption people are people and should be treated like people and we should love them and so what i've done um, in my work is when somebody comes to me or i go to them and i have a question i stop my mind from wandering everywhere else and i just really focus in and really listen and and it has really changed things like uh we're making more money i mean people feel heard uh, it, it changes a lot and that's love that is patient, you know, just one of the 14 things that are listed. Yeah, no, I love how you're, yeah, I, how you, you talk about the listening piece. Cause I think, especially as entrepreneurs, like you said, that multitasking. So you're kind of only half listening, you know, you're in front of a client and they've got a problem and you're thinking about the, Oh, I, you know, Oh, did I get dinner ready tonight? And the, 
instead of just, okay, focus in and give them my patient love or my now love um, in that moment. I, I think that that is a fantastic way to just kind of say, oh, this is it. What we're doing right here, this is all that I've got in this moment. I can't be doing the groceries and talking to Kim at the same time. It doesn't happen. Right, right. And and really listening to the words is a, such a big difference without thinking um, about your rebuttal, how you're going to answer. You know, just don't think about it for a minute. Let the question be or let the whatever, whoever's talking, listen to their words and and then and then think of the answer. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how that changes things. It, it is true. I, I will say conversations are what I do for a living. And it, it's interesting to me how as time's gone on and I've learned, okay, I love the conversation piece, but that listening, that, that really honing in. And I think when we're talking about business and a lot of the, the audience here, they're in service space. We're coaches, we're consultants. So we're dealing one-on-one, -on -one, maybe in small groups, but it really kind of goes back to... Okay, so I'm service-based in what I do, but love is also service and giving. There is that giving piece. So I know you're in the nonprofit world, which is business just like anything. How do you find that giving has expanded, you know, your business, your life, you know, in that, that service of giving space? You know, when you give... I mean, I'm sure a lot of people realize this, but when you give, you get outside of yourself, you get outside of your own head and you expand your world and you become a more complete person. And uh, giving is just so important if you want that balance in your life. Mm -hmm. um, giving can make you more grateful for what you have. It can uh, do incredible things for you, but mentally, what it does for you mentally, I think is is not talked about near enough. Mm. And so, um, giving is a natural thing for me. Mm -hmm. I love to give. Um, I was taught from a very young age to be a giver, and it doesn't mean that you have to be like me and go to Haiti. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go to you don't have to go to Haiti. The good news is you don't have to go to Haiti. <laughs> But, but any kind of giving, like uh, something in your own backyard, you know, helping uh, whoever it is, even bringing a casserole to a sick friend, mm -hmm. um, any little thing, anything at all, where you're outside of yourself and you're doing something for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, it just is an incredible thing. Yeah, I think, and I think especially, you know, in... Like you said, the, the, the giving in your backyard piece, entrepreneurs are, I mean, you, you, you know, your nonprofit may serve a larger global audience. We may serve a online presence audience, but we live somewhere. There's, there's people right around us that, that could maybe benefit, you know, from free services that we have, or, you know, like you said, what do you, you know, what do you, I love to cook. I love the casserole idea. I'm like, <laughs> you know, if you have a love of cooking or a passion, something personal that you can share, that just it expands that ability, I think, to, to love. Um, and, and we entrepreneurs, you probably are familiar with this. We wear ourselves out. <laughs> so, just a little, just a little, yes. Just a bit, 
<laughs> but how do you kind of in in that giving capacity, maybe for yourself, share us a little bit about how are you looking at giving and loving to yourself so you can give and love to others? How does that show up for you after your year long uh, experience with your book? Man, you are good. That is such a good question. You know, I think you have to love yourself first. If you don't love yourself, I think it's probably impossible to love other people or to really love the way we're supposed to love other people. And so in loving yourself, you want the best for yourself, right? You need to take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. You need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people so you can serve. And with that, serving is part of it. Uh, it can be all of those things. It can help you out emotionally. Um, when you're having a bad day and you think that your world is crumbling and you go down and, and help at the soup kitchen, all of a sudden life doesn't look so bad anymore, right? It, it, it helps you mentally uh, to see other things, to grow your world, to not stay so much inside of yourself. It helps you physically because you got to walk to the place or you got to go to the place or you just have a new perspective on 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 it all. And so um, love yourself first and serve yourself first and you can serve yourself by serving others. Yes. No. And I, I thank you for saying that part, too, because we we do get to serve ourselves by by serving others. And and I mean, I was raised sadly, I was raised that that loving yourself is actually a selfish act. And so I, for most of my life, I'm in my early forties now, but most of my life thought, oh, no, no, it's everyone first. But if you're not loving here first, you've got, you really have nothing to give. Right. So it's absolutely true. I've been widowed now for uh, several years. And so I've been dating a little bit, which mm. is a disaster, by the way. <laughs> I think there's three wonderful men my age three in the, in the world. One's in France, one is in Australia, and one is in Siberia or somewhere. I don't even know where they are. I've not found them at all. But in, in that whole experience, I found out that I have to be healthy alone before I can be healthy with someone. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to, to have that. And it's the same thing with love. I mean, that's loving yourself, loving to be alone with yourself. Yes. Before you can be great being with other people and loving other people. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm giggling because <laughs> my partner and I, we, we've only been together for, for a little less than a year. And, and I say, I got so lucky to find you as I waded into the dating pool post, post divorce because I was thinking like you. Nope, there's there's two good men in the world and they ain't here. And then I found him. I was like, okay, so I got one of the two. <laughs> but it's true. But I had to learn. In between, you had a death, I had a divorce, but I had to learn that, no, no, love yourself first and and then whatever extra happens is is extra. It, it's about, you know, fill that, fill that home bucket first before you try and give to someone else. Yeah, dating, we could do a whole, we could do a whole show on dating. I'm sure there's lots of podcasts on that. But, so let's talk a little bit about your experience. I know you, you, you started a nonprofit or you're director of a nonprofit and I know for a lot of people, nonprofits, they're like, oh, they're not really like businesses. Although I, I look at them about the same because it's just the, it's just as much work to get one of those off the ground as it, as it is a for-profit business. 
So share a little bit about your journey and experience in that nonprofit world and, and what kind of work you're doing there. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I run it as a business. I started my first business at 18 years old, right out of high school. I've had lots of businesses over the years, lots of successful businesses. And, and so I've been blessed, which is wonderful. And so I do. I run the nonprofit like a business. I think that's that's the best way. Um, but it's, it's sort of like with running it as a business with a little extra heart, maybe, yeah. or something. Yeah. But um, so the nonprofit, uh, Rays of Hope International, we're a partnering organization. Mm. So we work with people in their own country who have a passion, a mission, a vision to do something to help people in their own country mm. and just need someone to walk alongside. So sometimes it's a business plan, yeah, right? And uh, because business plans need to be done for medical clinics, they need to be done for schools, they need to be done for whatever it is that you're starting. And then some fundraising can be involved because everything takes money. Yep. Finding the supplies can be difficult in some countries. So shipping supplies over, whatever it needs to be, but always with self-sustainability okay. in part of the mix so that the, People can do what they feel they're called to do, you know, run a clinic, run a school, whatever it is, educate kids uh, without always chasing dollars. Yeah. So sustainability is key. Yes. And, you know, and we're Americans and, and we're business people. Or, and so we think we know it all and we can do it all and, and uh, tend to go into places like Haiti and say, oh, I see what you need. I see what you're doing wrong. I can fix that. And when that happens, nothing gets done. Yeah. Because we don't live there. I don't live there. I don't know the real need. I can see needs, mm -hmm. but where do you start? Huh. Where do you, where do you begin? So to work with people in their own country really makes a difference. No, I think that's a fantastic mission-based type of work that you're doing because you know, and and you're helping other like you said, international or, you know, even local, just those businesses that feed, you know, they, they feed the community, educate, give medical care, whatever that is. And so helping them get off the ground in their own way so that, because I think every, everybody can understand that <laughs> having started their own business. Oh, I didn't know how to do X, Y, and Z. So I went and hired some guru and, oh, the way they did it was wrong. Same kind of thing. You go to another country, you really want to help, and oh, it's really wrong. <laughs> so I love that you guys help sustainability within that. That's that's super special. So when you took this travel and this trip and wrote this book about love, I'm sure there were many, many ahas for you. But what was the one thing after writing the book, when you kind of wrote that book and put that out there, what was something that you really felt fulfilled in that experience of writing the book? Well, uh, writing a book isn't easy. You know, it takes, takes a lot of hours and a lot of commitment. Mm -hmm. And um, living a year doing something, anything takes a lot of commitment. And I am not necessarily a commitment person. I was married for a long time, so that was a commitment. But I have a hard time committing to what entree I'm going to have at a restaurant. Yeah. So, so those are big steps for me to really commit to it. And, uh, uh, but it showed me that I can. And I, I feel like everybody has some sort of quest inside of them, mm -hmm. something they want to discover, they want to know more about. 
and kind of put it off, put it off, put it off, right? It can be easy to just say, oh, well, when I, well, when I, well, when you might not happen. So follow your dream. What is, what is it that you need in your life that you're lacking? What is it that you uh, want to know more about or you think the world needs to know more about? So you're going to be the one to go discover it. I feel like that's what I did with my book. Like I did everybody's homework for them. <laughs> you read my book, and you know what love is and you, and you know how, how to live it. And But everybody has that. And so go after it. Go after it. Now, that is a fantastic piece of advice as we come to the end of our time together, because it's true. I think a lot of us start a business with such fire and passion, and then we waffle. You know, it's like, oh, but I can't, I, maybe when I get this, or, or maybe when I have that. But it's that heart, that commitment, that drive that says, nope, go for it. The rest comes as yeah. I think once you you tell the universe and go, I'm going to do this thing, the rest just sort of starts showing up. But that commitment, I love that you shared that with us because that is a huge piece of any success in life or business <laughs> is being committed <laughs> to it. Yes, absolutely. And take ownership of it, right? Yeah. And tell people, I love that you said that because that's what I did. I started telling people, so I'm going to live this year of love. And people, ah, ha, ha. No, I'm really, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you got to do it because yep. you said you were going to. Yep. Nope. That's, that is a fantastic way to keep yourself accountable to the commitment. And so, Kim, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining me and sharing your story, a bit about what you learned as you wrote this wonderful book. For the audience who are watching or listening when they see this or hear this, what is a really great way that they could either get connected with you or get some more, you know, goodness from you? Well, I'm very easy to find because my name has way too many letters in it. I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell on the face of the earth that is spelled the way it's <laughs> Yes. S O double R E double L E. So two L's, two R's, two A's. It's so kimsorrell.com is my website. I got lots of resources, some free, wonderful resources uh, available on there, and love to connect with people. So um, connect anytime. Great. Well, to the audience, make sure you tap that. Go to kimsorrell.com. Get connected, maybe get some of the free resources, find Kim's book. Thank you for joining me, Kim. I have enjoyed our conversation today, learning a little bit more about love and, and your discoveries about it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. To my audience, thank you for joining us. And I'm wishing you peace as you flow off to the rest of your business day. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flow Working, the Entrepreneur's Podcast. Make sure you find, follow, and please review us on your favorite podcast platform.